This week has seen outrage across the Middle East as the terrorist group ISIS burn alive a Muslim Jordanian pilot. Israel were one of the nations to express sympathy. This week we examine what the Bible says about Jordan and its role in the latter days just before Christ returns to the earth. Welcome to this week's Bible in the News. This is Matt Davies joining you. Jordan has been taking part in the US-led coalition bombing raids against the extremist Islamic group ISIS. On December the 24th, 2014, one of their F-16s crashed over Syria near Raqqa. The plane's pilot, Al-Qasiba, was captured by ISIS. Thirty days later, ISIS called for an Iraqi militant who had been sentenced to death in Jordan to be released in exchange for Al-Qasiba, but Jordan refused. This week, on the 3rd of February 2015, an ISIS video was released showing Al-Qasiba being burnt alive in a cage. He was 26 years old. The video has sparked outrage and disgust across the Middle East and anti-ISIS protests in Jordan. In retaliation, Jordan took revenge. The BBC reported, quote, Jordan has executed two convicts, including a female jihadist, following the killing of one of its Air Force pilots by Islamic State IS militants, end quote. The media has also reported that Jordan stepped up its airstrikes against ISIS. The Guardian, for example, ran an article entitled, quote, Jordan carries out new airstrikes after pilots murder, end quote, on Thursday the 5th of February. One of the interesting things to come out of these horrifying events is that of the political situation between Israel and Jordan. CNN ran an article on February the 6th of February entitled, quote, Israel bolsters ties to Jordan as ISIS looms, end quote. Here are a few snippets from this article. Quote, the crucial security relationship between Jordan and Israel is gaining new meaning after the brutal execution of a Jordanian pilot at the hands of ISIS. In the aftermath of the killing, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu moved quickly to publicly bolster Israel's alliance with Jordan. In a phone call on Thursday, just a day after King Abdullah II returned to Jordan following a shortened trip to Washington, Netanyahu extended his condolences to Abdullah and expressed his anger over ISIS's barbaric cruelty, the Prime Minister's office said in a statement. The Jordanian pilot, Lieutenant Molath Al-Qasiba, was burned alive by ISIS militants in a video shared online around the world. The tragedy is a prime opportunity for Netanyahu to, to shore up a relationship that has undergone some strain in recent months over restricted Palestinian access to the Alaska Mosque in Jerusalem. Jordan recalled its ambassador three months earlier over rising tensions in Jerusalem, but on Monday the ambassador was back in Tel Aviv, a sign that Jordan sees the importance of smoothing over its relationship with Israel. Now Jordan could be looking to expand its role and it could lean on its close intelligence relationship with Israel for support 
Israel has already flown drone sorties over the Jordanian-Syrian border to help Jordan thwart potential attacks from ISIS. But that, and other intelligence assistance, could be the extent of Israeli support, said officials who promise to be as supportive as we can be of the Jordanians. End quote. So Israel and Jordan look set to gain closer ties. But what does the Bible say about Jordan's role in the time period before Christ's return? In the prophecy of Jeremiah 48 and its companion prophecy of Isaiah 15, we have foretold the destruction of ancient Moab, the territory east of the Dead Sea and the River Jordan. This began to be fulfilled by Nebuchadnezzar after the overthrow of Judah. We know this because Josephus records the following. For on the fifth year after the destruction of Jerusalem, which was the 23rd of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, he made an expedition against Silesia, Syria, and when he had possessed himself of it, he made war against the Ammonites and Moabites. And when he had brought all these nations under subjection, he fell upon Egypt in order to overthrow it, and he slew the king that then reigned. Josephus, Antiquities of the Jews, Book 10, Chapter 9, Verse 7. In Ezekiel 25 and verses 8 to 11, we have another prophecy of the destruction of ancient Moab, and it is here we read of its final demise. We read in verse 8 from Ezekiel 25, Thus saith the Lord God, Because that Moab and Seir do say, Behold, the house of Judah is like unto all the heathen, Therefore, behold, I will open the side of Moab from the cities, from his cities which are on his frontiers, the glory of the country, Beth-Jeshimosh, Baal-Meon, and Kerjathaim, unto the men of the east with the Ammonites, and will give them in possession that the Ammonites may not be remembered among the nations, and I will execute judgments upon Moab, and they shall know that I am the Lord." Now, this is exactly what happened. For example, Wikipedia states this about the demise of Moab. Quote, Sometime during the Persian period, Moab disappears from the extant historical record. Its territory was subsequently overrun by waves of tribes from northern Arabia, including the Kadarites and later the Nabataeans. End quote. And so the Moabites ceased to be a nation, and we do not today recognise, do we, the name Moab, a vindication of the divine origin of Bible prophecy. However, at the end of the chapter of Jeremiah 48, there is a suggestion that the power of Moab will rise again in the latter days. Jeremiah 48 and verse 47 states, Yet will I bring again the captivity of Moab, in the latter days, saith the Lord, thus far is the judgment of Moab. Now this verse opens up a number of questions. Firstly, when is this time period of the latter days? A search of the Bible reveals that this phrase is a divinely appointed time period and that, in fact, we are living within this time period right now. It is the time period in which the Jews would be restored to their land. See Hosea 3 verse 5 
Ezekiel 38 verse 8 and 16. We have and are witnessing this, the Jewish state of Israel coming into existence in 1948 of course, and many Jews returning or making Aliyah year on year. In Daniel chapter 2, we read that it is in the latter days, verse 28, when the stone power of Jesus Christ will return to the earth to destroy the kingdom of men and replace it with the kingdom of God, in verse 44. We read of the same phrase in the Hebrew in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2, which is a wonderful prophecy of the kingdom age when the nations will say to one another, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. This, then, is the answer to our question, when is the latter days? Well, now is the latter days. The Jews have returned to their land. We are simply awaiting the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to the earth and the establishment of God's kingdom. The next question we might ask about Jeremiah 48 verse 47 is, what does it mean when God says, I will bring again the captivity of Moab? Clearly, this is a prophecy. The whole chapter has been about the destruction of Moab, and as we've mentioned, this was fulfilled in the past. However, clearly here we are being told that in the time period of the latter days, God will bring again the captivity of Moab. The ESV translates this, I will restore the fortunes of Moab. The area of Moab would be restored. It is important to make this distinction between the area or territory and the people of Moab. It cannot be speaking of the people being restored because earlier in the prophecy in verse 42, the prophet has distinctly stated that Moab shall be destroyed from being a people. Therefore, the restoration of Moab in the latter days must refer to the territory of ancient Moab. And it is interesting to note that this territory has indeed been restored. It had been part of the Ottoman Empire, but after World War I, the British had the mandate over this area. Eventually, in 1946, they gave the territory they called the Emirate of Transjordan to the Hashemite Kingdom. It was then called the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan, or Jordan for short. It is amazing, therefore, that as we read of Jordan in the news, that this is in fact a witness to Bible prophecy. God said there would be a power restored on the ancient territory of Moab in the latter days after the people of Israel had returned to their land, and we are all witnessing this. But what else does the Bible indicate will be the situation with the newly restored power around the time of Christ's return. Well, in Ezekiel 38, we read of the great latter-day battle of Armageddon, where a mysterious character called Gog attacks Israel. Gog is a leader of a coalition of nations, mentioned in verses 1 through 9, who come down from the north into Israel. Gog is eventually destroyed by God, 
And we know by comparing this prophecy with that of Zechariah 12 to 14 that it is effected by God through the Lord Jesus Christ and the saints. The chapter gives us an indicator, therefore, of what the state of the nations will be in just before Christ returns. And in verse 11, we read that Israel will be in a false state of peace because Gog says, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. It is interesting to consider that Jordan is one of only two Arab nations so far, the other being Egypt, to have made peace with Israel. It is also interesting, as we have already commented, to see the Jordanians keen to build a relationship with Israel in the face of the threat of ISIS. When Gog attacks, it does not seem that Jordan will be an ally we can deduce this because of another companion prophecy of Daniel chapter 11, where we read in verse 41 that he shall enter also into the glorious land and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon. So the territory of Moab, modern Jordan, escape the northern invasion. This indicates that they are not allied with Israel or with Gog. They will not defend the Jews, nor are they with Gog, for they escape the attack. They appear to be almost neutral at this time. It seems, though, that after the destruction of the invading forces of Gog, when Christ starts his reign in Jerusalem, the leaders of Jordan will not accept Christ. In another latter-day prophecy, the prophet Balaam proclaims that in the latter days, Christ will destroy the leaders of Moab. We read in Numbers chapter 24, verse 14, this is a prophecy of the latter days, and then at verse 17 we read, There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners, or margin, smite through the princes, of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. The star of Jacob is the Lord Jesus Christ, see Revelation 22 verse 16, who in the latter days then will smite the leaders of Moab, presumably as a punishment for not accepting his divine authority. We read of how this smiting is effected in Isaiah chapter 11, another future prophecy of the time after Christ has returned, assembled the Jews and become an ensign to the nations. We read that he uses Israel to inflict punishments on those who are disobedient to him. This is what we read in Isaiah 11 and verse 14. They, the Jews, shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. They shall spoil them of the east together. They shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab and the children of Ammon shall obey them. So we see then that the Jordanians, the latter-day Moabites, will eventually be forced to obey Christ after he has returned. In Isaiah 16, we appear to also read of this time, which seems to give us even more details about this. 
In verse 1, we read of a call for tribute from Moab. They are asked to send a lamb to the ruler of Israel. In verse 2, a warning is proclaimed that if they do not, then the daughters of Moab will become like a wandering bird cast out of her nest. It appears Moab do not do as they have been commanded, because in verse 3 there is a call to execute judgment. And then we come to verse 4. The fourth verse seems to have caused the translators some difficulty. The authorised version reads as if it is God's outcasts who will dwell with Moab. But this does not fit the context, nor it seems, the original Hebrew. Other versions translate this as, Let the outcasts of Moab sojourn among you, and let the Moabite fugitives stay with you. The context is all about the pride of Moab, see verse 6, and them not submitting to the call for a tribute to be sent to Zion in verse 1. Therefore, this verse appears to be about the call to Israel after the leaders of Moab have been smitten through by Christ, as we have read in Numbers 24. It appears to be indicating that judgments have been poured out on Moab's leaders, and now there is a call for Moab's outcasts to be taken in. Why should the outcasts of Moab be allowed to dwell with Israel? We are given a reason in verse 5. For the extortioner is at an end. The spoiler ceaseth, the oppressors are consumed out of the land, and in mercy shall the throne be established, and he shall sit upon it in truth in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking judgment and hasting righteousness. This is a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ reigning in the kingdom of God in the future. So ultimately, despite the pride that the leaders of the latter-day Moab will exhibit towards Christ, Mercy will be shown to them and they will obey the Lord Jesus Christ when he reigns in mercy and truth from Jerusalem. As we read in Luke 1 verse 32 of the Lord Jesus Christ, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Indeed, we look for that time when the throne of David, the ancient kingdom of Israel, will be restored again on the earth, just as all the prophecies of the scriptures foretell. So in conclusion then, we have seen evidence in the news of the latter-day restored fortunes of Moab, modern-day Jordan. We have seen them taking up their neutral and peaceful role with Israel before Gog attacks, as we would expect from Bible prophecy. We have also considered how the latter-day Moab, the modern Hashemite kingdom of Jordan, will have a part to play in the time soon to unfold on the world stage. Although at first it seems they will be unwilling to accept Christ, we know from prophecy that ultimately they will be in subjection to him. The prophecy of Revelation 11 verse 15 is one we wait for, for the time when the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign for ever and ever. Keep watching with us then, as we continue further into the time period of the latter days. This has been Matt Davies with you for another Bible in the News. Join us again next week, God willing.